You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We're going to be in Jeremiah 47 this evening, but if you want to turn to Jeremiah 47 and put a marker there, and then I'd like for you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Jeremiah 47 and 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, I'm going to try not to irritate you with my voice. I hope it doesn't do that on a, on a regular night, but um, I'm kind of starting to lose it a little bit. And uh, you say, well, what in the world? Well, a New Year's resolution, I decided I was not going to take it easy on our staff anymore. And I've been yelling and screaming at them every day. And uh, it's kind of caught up to me, and I've started to go hoarse, so you pray for me. But um, we had, I was able to preach chapel services this morning. We had a great time back to school with that, and uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to, in Jeremiah, we're going to see some lessons from the enemies of God's people. You see, Jeremiah spent most of the book preaching to Judah, preaching to God's people, and warning them of judgment to come. But Jeremiah 1 verse 5, the Bible says that God had ordained Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. And that was fulfilled in the end of Jeremiah because he began to preach to all of the other countries, and those were enemies of God's people. We will look at tonight, we'll look at the Philistines. <laughs> we know about the Philistines, don't we? They were constant enemies and irritations to God's people. We will look at the people of Moab who were enemies of God's people. We'll look at the uh, people of Ammon that were enemies of God's people. And we'll look at those. And I want us to learn some things, some lessons from them. How many of you know that it is sometimes it is necessary to learn from our own mistakes? How many of you know that that's necessary sometimes? And we've all done that, haven't we? But... It's also possible to not have to make the mistake for yourself and to learn from the mistake of someone else. And did you know that God allows us to see the mistakes of others so that we can learn from it and avoid making the same mistake ourselves? This is exactly what it says in 1 Corinthians 10. I want you to notice with me, verse number 4. Uh, our theme for the year is Jesus said upon this rock and it says that they drank of that spiritual rock in the wilderness and that rock was Christ. But, verse 5, for the children of Israel, with many of them God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, they wandered for 40 years because of their unbelief and because of their murmuring. Now, verse 6 is so important. Please don't miss this. Now, these things were our examples. You know why we've got the Old Testament? You know why we've got the Bible? So that it can be an example for us, in some cases, of what to do, and in some cases, what not to do. They were examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse 7. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Verse 8, 
neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand now that ought to get our attention say hey don't do what they did because look at how god judged them for their sin verse number nine neither let us tempt christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents now most normal people hate snakes right well you know what god did god sent snakes and serpents to bite and to kill and to destroy his people because they tempted god wow i think i'd like to learn from their example instead of have to learn it my own way the hard way verse 10 neither murmur ye ooh, ooh. that's kind of starting to get close to home now you know what that is that's complaining it's griping not being thankful not being happy with what god has done always wanting something else neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer verse 11 now all these things happened unto them foreign samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come verse 12 we're going to see this in jeremiah 47 and 48 wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall now here's the danger you know what we do sometimes we see all these examples and we say not me that never happened to me oh i'm so smart i'm so spiritual oh i know so much better than that those things would never happen to me you better watch out and i better watch out because pride goeth before destruction and an haughty spirit before a fall and lest you think that you are better than any of these people or lest we think that we're better than anybody else, let me remind you this evening, if it were not for the grace of God, you'd be in the same mess therein. And the only difference is, is that God's grace has got a hold of us and God's grace has changed us and God's put us on a new path and given us a new name and a new road and God's given us a new purpose and it's all because of him and it's certainly not because of us. But we can see some lessons that we can learn, some lessons of what not to do turn back with me if you would to jeremiah we've gotten this far we took a break in november and december but jeremiah 47 is where we will pick up this evening when i was a boy we didn't watch a lot of television but uh, we used to watch sports I remember we used to watch sports and i'd watch some cartoons not you know not like the cartoons they have today but you know some of the old i say the old classics i don't know what classic cartoons are but we used to watch some of those but i remember a commercial that used to play when i was a boy and i always thought that commercial was kind of kind of silly but they were trying to stress the fact of how important it is to wear your seatbelt. okay and so they had these crash dummies and they stuck these crash dummies in a vehicle and they would send these crash dummies like driving in a car like some crazy speed and they would like run into brick walls and all this and they had video cameras showing what happened to those crash dummies inside the vehicle does anybody remember those commercials okay you know what i'm talking about good i didn't just dream it right it, it happened all right good okay makes me feel better 
But they got done with the commercial, and then they would say this. They would say, you could learn a lot from a dummy. And that was the slogan. That was kind of the catchphrase that they had. Well, I want to tell you this. You and I could learn a lot from seeing what happened to the enemies of God and the enemies of God's people. And we could put up some guards and say, we don't want that same thing happening to us. So we're going to look at quickly some lessons that we can learn from the enemies of God's people. Chapter 47, we'll start there. Lord, I pray you'd help us speak to our hearts and help me to deliver these truths as you'd have me to deliver them. May I be very clear, help me to be straight to the point. But most of all, Holy Spirit of God, would you please speak to us and would you please point out things in our own lives that need to be corrected? Lord, I pray that we would not leave here the same as when we came in, but I pray we'd be helped and challenged in Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 47, the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet against the Philistines before that Pharaoh smote Gaza. I want you to notice the Philistines were longtime enemies of Israel. And God was going to judge the Philistines. They had done a lot of harm to the nation of Israel. They had uh, done a lot of destruction of the nation of Israel, and it seemed at times as if they got away with it. But I want to remind you this evening, nobody gets away with anything. God always judges sin. Be sure your sin will find you out. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The Philistines were going to reap the judgment of God. I want you to notice in verse number two, thus saith the Lord, behold, waters rise up out of the north and shall be an overflowing flood and shall overflow the land and all that is therein, the city and them that dwell therein. And then the men shall cry and all the inhabitants of the land shall howl at the noise of the stamping of the hooves of his strong horses at the rushing of his chariots, at the rumbling of his wheels, the fathers shall not look back to their children for feebleness of hands. Now, the picture that is being painted here is that the Philistines are being destroyed and the enemy is coming in and the picture that is used is a flood. Now, I have never been in a serious flood before. But can I tell you, I've seen some video and I've seen some clips of a flood. And can I tell you, it is awful when you see people being swept away, when you see people that are losing their lives and you see people that are holding their children up above the water and they're bringing in rescue helicopters or they're bringing in rescue boats just to try to save lives from drowning. And that's what was happening to the Philistines. It wasn't a flood of water. But it was a flood of the enemy army that was coming in and invading like a flood. It was so bad that the Bible says that the fathers were literally turning their back on their children. And here's what it says, for feebleness of hands. Here's what it means. The fathers were so weak that they could not even pick up they could not even carry. They could not even save their own children. They were literally trying to save themselves and abandoning their own children. 
Now, I want to tell you, that is not normal. And that is not natural. And that's not the way God intended for it to be. The Bible says that parents have a responsibility to bring up their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. The Bible says that a mother, uh, as she cherisheth her children, can I tell you, that's a God-given uh, uh, relationship. That's a God-given instinct that a parent is going to care for its child. Even animals do that. Jesus used the picture of the mother hen who would try to gather her, her chicks under her wings to try to save them from the destruction. Can I tell you some lessons that I think we can learn from the enemies of God's people? Number one is the responsibility of parents. Now, I'm not talking about a physical flood. I'm not talking about a physical army that's going to come in and take you away and take your children away. I want to tell you this, we're living in a society where people are abandoning their children. And here's why. They're getting so mixed up in drugs, and they're getting so mixed up in alcohol, and they're getting so mixed up in sin, and they're getting so mixed up in adultery, and they're getting so mixed up in immorality that they are literally leaving the children to have to figure it out. Now, maybe that's the way you were brought up. Maybe that's the thing you've seen in your life. I want to tell you, it shouldn't continue that way. With God's help as parents, we ought to be what God would have us to be. And maybe you've got some grandchildren. Maybe you've got some, some, some nieces or nephews that you can help and that you can try to get them to God. But I want to tell you, we ought not abandon the children. We have a responsibility. I think many children have been abandoned because of the love of money. Many children have been abandoned because the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life has taken priority. But can I tell you, we ought to have the responsibility to say, we're taking care of our children. We're going to care for our children and love our children and bring them in the way of the Lord and train them in the way that they should go no matter what. We see the responsibility of parents and we see that lesson from the uh, uh, enemies of God's people. We are to care for our children. Notice quickly, number two, we see another lesson. It's a lesson regarding the judgment of God. Verse number six, O thou sword of the Lord, how long will it be ere thou be quiet? Put up thyself into thy scabbard, rest and be still. And we see that the Philistines were experiencing the judgment of God and it was coming through the sword of God. We see throughout the Bible that the sword of the Lord was used many times as judgment upon enemy nations, but it was also used as judgment against God's own people. The Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles 21, when David sinned by numbering the people, that he saw the angel of the Lord and a flaming sword in his hand, and David prayed and prayed that God would hold back judgment. 1 Chronicles 21 verse number 12, it says that David could choose either three years of famine or three months to be destroyed before his foes, or three days the sword of the Lord and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coasts of Israel. You see, the judgment of God is nothing to take lightly. 
Now, I know, I know we are living in the New Testament age, and I thank God for that. I understand we're living in the day of grace. But I want to remind you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you don't hear a lot of preaching about this today because I'm glad God is merciful, He is forgiving, He is compassionate, He is long-suffering, He is all of those, absolutely 100%. But I want to remind you that in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, God says that His children, He will chastise. He will discipline. He will punish His child. And you know why He punishes His child? Because they are His child. And if God does not punish you, you know what the Bible says? It may be because you are illegitimate. It may be that you're not his child. So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that God disciplines his children. God will punish his children. Do I believe that everybody that gets sick is experiencing the chastening of God? Absolutely not. Look at the book of Job. Look at all that Job suffered and Job had not done anything wrong. But I do believe there are some things that come into our lives that God's trying to get our attention. God's trying to wake us up and God's trying to say, hey, you better get this thing figured out while you still have time. But we see the judgment of God is nothing to play with. Uh, the sword of the Lord is a wonderful thing when it's on your side. And it's a wonderful thing when you're on God's side, but it's a dreadful thing when you see the judgment of God coming in your life because of your sin. We see a lesson we can learn from the enemies of God's people, that of the judgment of God. Number three, I want you to notice another lesson is found in verse seven. The Philistines, they ask the question, they say, how can it be quiet seeing the Lord hath given it a charge against Ashkelon and against the seashore for there hath he appointed it. We see number three, we see the, the lesson we can learn is a lesson of peace. And the lesson is that it's not going to be quiet. It's not going to be tranquil. It's not going to be peaceful in your life or mine until we get things right with God. Did you know that you can be in a place where it is quiet? You can be out in the middle of the woods where there is not a sound. There's not even a bird chirping. And inside, you can feel like you're going to explode. You know why? because there's no peace on the inside. And there is no peace, and there will be no peace until we have things right with God. You see, for a Christian, when we sin, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit's gonna come and the Holy Spirit is going to prick. The Holy Spirit is going to convict. Here's what the Holy Spirit's gonna do. Can I tell you, after a few seconds of that, that, that starts to bother you, doesn't it? It gets annoying. You know why? It's because the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to have rest. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to have peace until you get right with God. And there can be no peace. The Philistines said, hey, how can it be quiet? It can't be quiet. There can be no peace until we get things right with God. Number four, quickly, we move to chapter 48, and this is now the nation of Moab. We see in verse number four of chapter 48, Moab is destroyed. Her little ones have caused a cry to be heard. This is a powerful lesson here. The lesson is that God 
hears the cries of the children. Remember when Jesus came? All the miracles he did, all the healing, all the teaching, all the preaching, uh, 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 overthrowing the tables of the money changers in the temple, all of that. But you know what Jesus took time for? He took time for the children. The disciples tried to send him away, and he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Suffer the little children. Allow the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Can I tell you, at Victory Baptist Church, we ought to always have a burden for the children. We ought to always have a burden for the children that are in the nurseries and the children that are in the preschool and the children that are in the elementary and the children in the junior high and the high school. We ought to always have a burden because little ones matter to God. The Bible tells in the Old Testament that the children of Israel cried out, and it says, and God heard the cry of their little ones. Here in this passage, Moab is being destroyed. The Bible says that the little ones have caused a cry to be heard. I believe that there are some cries being heard in our nation and in our world today. And I believe some of those cries are coming from the womb where babies are being murdered in their mother's womb. And can I tell you who hears those cries? God does. The one who created them. I believe those cries get God's attention. I believe it's very true that we are experiencing the judgment of God in our nation and I believe we're experiencing it for many reasons, but I'll tell you one reason that's at the top of the list, I believe, is because of the millions and millions of babies that we have murdered in this nation. The cry of the little ones can be heard and God hears their cries. I believe God hears the cries of those who have been taken in human trafficking. And boy, you hear about that in May. May God have mercy and may God show pity upon those children and may God continue to hear the cries of those. I believe God hears the cries of the children who have been neglected. I'm not talking about children that are in, in places where there is not a mom or dad, although I know God hears those cries, but I'm talking about in places where children have been neglected. I believe God hears those cries. I believe God hears the cries of the children that are being abused and God hears the cries and God notices and the cries of the children. They may not be heard by you or me, but let me tell you, they are heard by God. While Moab was being destroyed, think about the noise of war and all that was going on. The palace was being destroyed, the kings, the princes, all of those people, but God says, I heard the cries from the little ones. God hears the cries of the children. Number five, I want you to look with me at verse number seven. Here's another lesson that we can learn from the enemies of God's people. It says, for because thou hast trusted in thy works and in thy treasures, thou shalt also be taken. And Chemosh shall go forth into captivity with his priests and his princes together. Number five, here's a quick lesson. We can learn from the enemies of God's people and we ought to take note. We ought to take notice and, and apply this. Don't trust in your treasures. You can't trust in your treasures. 
you can't trust in your riches you can't trust in your real estate you can't trust in your portfolio you can't trust in your bank account you can't trust in your 401k you can't trust in your house you can't trust in your car you can't trust in your stuff the stuff one of these days is all going to be burned up every bit of it will all be burned up you can't trust in that but you can trust in the lord don't trust in your treasures let's look at another one very quickly verse 10 cursed the bible says be he that doeth the work of the lord deceitfully now i'll be honest with you it's odd to me that this verse is found in the middle of the judgment against moab because i can't imagine there was a whole lot of god's work being done in moab but do you think that there's any accidents in the bible i don't i believe every word is in the bible for a reason i believe every word of the bible is inspired i believe it is inerrant that means it's without error and it is infallible meaning it can never fail i believe that and so when i look at a verse like this i don't say you know that verse really shouldn't be there you know why because i didn't write the bible god did and i'm not supposed to correct the bible i'm supposed to let the bible correct me and this verse says cursed be he that doeth the work of the lord deceitfully now i don't think you should do any work deceitfully I think that if you are a banker, I think you ought to be honest. I think if you're a builder, you ought to be honest. If you're a doctor, you ought to be honest. If you're a car salesman, I think you should be honest. If you're a politician, I think you should be honest. I don't think it matters what work you do, you should be honest. But especially in the work of God. I mean, if you heard on the news that a banker or a, a builder or somebody was dishonest, that's still not right. But how could you do the work of God? How could you teach a Sunday school class? How could you sing in a choir? How could you be an usher? How could you be a greeter? How could you work in a sound booth? How could you stand behind a pulpit like a pastor and be trying to do the work of God and be doing it deceitfully? Does that not scream at you? Does that not just grate on your nerves to say that is the definition of a hypocrite if we've ever seen one to stand up and to preach or to teach one thing and then to go out and do another that is doing the work of god deceitfully can i tell you the work of god doesn't need to be done deceitfully it needs to be done god's way it needs to be done right it needs to be done with ethics it needs to be done with honesty it ought to be done the way that god has told us to do it curse it be he that doeth the work of God deceitfully. I'll give you one more. We won't finish it. But look at verse number 11. The Bible says about Moab, Moab hath been at ease from his youth. He hath settled on his lees and hath not been emptied from vessel to vessel, neither hath he gone into captivity. Therefore his taste remained in him, and his scent is not changed. We'll look at the rest of this probably next week, but look at that first phrase. Moab hath been at ease. You know what Moab was doing? He's taking it easy. 
They were very casual, they were very comfortable, and they had no idea that destruction was coming. I want to tell you in 2022, it is not the time to let up in the work for God. It is not the time to let up in your prayer life. It is not the time to let up in your Bible reading. It is not the time to let up in your separation and in your holiness. It is not the time to let up in your witness. It is not the time to let up in your parenting. It is not the time to let up in your marriage. It is time to be diligent. It is time to be focused. It is time to be fervent as we serve God. Be careful because sometimes we get so casual we fall asleep. When you fall asleep, guess who's waiting to pounce? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.